0: As a long-time viewer of the CBS Sunday Morning News, I have never before written to the show, but I would appreciate a thoughtful and substantive response. Ted Koppel did yet another interview with Dr. Fauci on the November 14th edition of the CBS Sunday Morning News. What's notable is that once again, this seasoned senior correspondent whose work I've respected failed to ask him any real challenging questions. Nothing about the origins of the virus. Nothing about Fauci declaring mid-January 2020 that we wouldn't experience a pandemic. Did he call his colleagues in China to ask just how contagious the virus was? If so, what did they say and when did they say it? Was he aware that the Taiwanese Center for Disease Control reportedly warned the World Health Organization right after Christmas 2019 about this highly contagious virus. Shouldn't U.S. intelligence agents have been aware of this as well, or was this a U.S. national intelligence failure? Nothing about gain-of-function research. Didn't Fauci once say we don't want to, quote, impede the creativity of scientists, unquote? Why not? What makes the upside worth it, when the downside of tinkering with a virus originating in animals and making it more lethal was always that it could jump to humans and lead to a catastrophic pandemic? Nothing about NIH funding Echo Health Alliance, which in turn funded the Wuhan lab, which was reportedly involved in gain-of-function research that could lead to the development of a bioweapon. Wasn't he troubled that the Chinese Communist Party allowed international plane travel when domestic travel was not? Nothing about Peter Navarro's just-released book that claims Fauci was against the January 31, 2020 U.S. ban on travel from China and said travel bans don't work. Is that true? Was the WHO wrong not to have advised a worldwide ban even before the U.S. ban took effect? Nothing about concerns re-safety standards at the Wuhan lab voiced by State Department officials. Nothing about the email from Dr. Collins to Dr. Fauci in early 2020 with subject, conspiracy theory, and his reply. Why were the contents of the emails classified? A lab origin was always plausible and possible. On what basis could a group of scientists have sent a letter to the Lancet Medical Journal Dismissive of the lab origin, without any definitive proof. Was Dr. Fauci concerned that the CCP destroyed crucial data? Nothing about how lives might have been saved, especially early on with aggressive therapeutics. Even something as simple as a baby aspirin can reportedly reduce the risk of blood clots and stroke and the need for a ventilator. Credible doctors have spoken out about supplements and protocols for immune health, that deserve to be fully checked out. How can we prevent another pandemic if we don't get to the bottom of how this one started? And could this one have been prevented? The families of over 800,000 Americans who have died from COVID deserve answers. And then Rita Braver did an interview with Dr. Collins. She too failed to ask a similar long list of legitimate and challenging questions, but she did ask, quote are there any things that you wish you and NIH had done differently via V COVID? Unquote. To which he replied, quote, "I wish we had studied more carefully the problem of hesitancy. I did not imagine that there would be 60 million people who faced with the life-saving nature of COVID vaccines would still say no, not for me." Unquote. Like that's the only thing he couldn't imagine. 800,000 people and counting have already died in the U.S. alone, and he had nothing else he wishes he had done differently? I wish Rita Braver asked some of the above questions Ted Koppel failed to ask Dr. Fauci instead of cutting away to Kahn's childhood. No curiosity about his conspiracy theory email to Dr. Fauci that is now classified. Did he reach out early on to Chinese scientists to inquire about How contagious this virus was. There are those who question the Chinese Communist Party's role covering up the origins of the virus by destroying key data. Did the WHO cover up for the CCP? And did the NIH try to cover up its reported support of -of gain-of-function research? How about following up on something Collins told 60 Minutes last March? Quote, fluvoxamine, could certainly be something you want to put in the tool chest. It looks as if it has the promise to reduce the likelihood of severe illness, unquote. So why, after the results of a large and successful clinical trial on fluvoxamine were published in Lancet in October, is NIH still not giving doctors on the front lines of the war on COVID a potential life-saving tool to consider? I remember when Jane Pauley, who I very much like, read a letter from a viewer this past year requesting that the show go back to the feature stories he always loved. She said, this is a news show, and we also have to cover what we consider important news stories. So in 2020, the origins of the virus must not have been considered important. Or especially before there were vaccines, any stories on therapeutics to reduce the need for ventilators. Up to 80 percent of those placed on ventilators at some New York City hospitals at the height of the pandemic died. Jane did two interviews with then-Governor Andrew Cuomo and failed to ask a newsworthy question about the number of COVID deaths in nursing homes in New York and his responsibility. But she did manage to find time to ask him what it's like being a bachelor living in the governor's mansion. Ted Koppel wrote a book on cybersecurity and the U.S. electric grid. The civilian grid is vulnerable not only to cyber attacks, but electromagnetic pulse generated by a solar storm or an attack from a nuclear-tipped missile that explodes high above our atmosphere or a physical assault and more. Since all of our lives and livelihoods depend on a fully functioning grid, Why not talk to people like former CIA Director James Woolsey, who testified before the Senate Homeland Security Committee about what needs to be done now to prevent a massive loss of lives? Shouldn't that be the top priority of any infrastructure bill? As I said at the beginning, it would be heartening to receive a thoughtful and substantive response, especially from a key executive at CBS News appreciate hearing from you. Over seven months have gone by and still no reply.